coming up on Pass the Secret Sauce. And the number one thing that I have to do as the leader is making sure I love my team well so that whenever they ask or they wonder or they think, well, how do I serve my customers? Oh, I, I just do what Grant does to me. Mm -hmm. There's no like checklist. There's no like do this and it's good enough. When you love people well, you're constantly looking at their needs, putting their needs first and serving them however you can. And, and that's what we try to do. It, it, there's several different levels and several different layers of the, of the way that we do that. For my staff, pers I, I hired somebody and I call her the executive of belonging. And she's, ex <laughs> ex ex yeah, she's extremely skilled at uh, just looking at other people's needs and celebrating them and caring for them and loving them. And that's what she does. Her, her entire job is to listen to the heartbeat of all the people in the office. And she comes up with ideas and things that we can do mm -hmm. to, to serve them and care for them and everything else. This morning, in our, I'm looking at the team's message right now. She wanted to, she sent me a chat in Microsoft Teams and said, hey, I think we need, it's time for like a, a kid's day at the office. I'm like, great, let's do it. She's like, yeah, we'll connect with the laser tag and bowling place and across the parking lot and whatnot. And it's just something that she thinks of. It's her job. It's, yeah. what, it's what she does. And, and for me, it's like, you know, Matt, I believe you probably have the best intention to be the most amazing boss ever, right? And, and I do too. I have great intentions to be that. But the best intentions, they require intentional actions. Yeah. If right. all I have is the intentions to be great a boss, that doesn't mean anything. So for me, the intentional action was hiring somebody who's, who's skilled at and gifted at doing all the things that I wanted to do mm -hmm. and then executing them. Welcome to the show, I'm Matt Shields. On Pass the Secret Sauce, we unscramble the life stories, skills, and secrets from the most wicked smart minds and interesting people to uncover their experience and recipes for success that will help you get an edge on your own life. My goal is to help you rein in on the chaos that life throws at us by learning from other high achievers. If you're new to the show, we have episodes with founders, CEOs, investors, and leaders. So if you like to learn and are motivated to improve your life, then kick back and listen to our guests pass their secret sauce. Up next on Pass the Secret Sauce, we have Grant Batma, who is the founder of Stewardship. We talk about a lot of different things in today's episode. Grant, actually, I guess you could consider him a serial entrepreneur, although I don't really like that name. But Grant has a number of different companies that he has sort of dovetailed off of one another. So he's in a number of different industries and spun off into some other areas of interest as well. We cover all of that in today's episode. But one of the things that we really dive deep into is creating culture and hiring the right type of people. And, you know, I think creating culture is sort of a buzzword today. A lot of people are trying to, to do that, but very few companies are doing it correctly. And some of the things that Grant is doing really are amazing to be able to make sure that he's identifying the right people right in the very beginning. I mean, it sounds like he goes through a extensive process to be able to hone in on you know just the right person before they they do hire we get into some of those processes and systems that he uses to be able to identify those people so great great episode today if you are looking to expand or or hire new employees or new team members 
lot of lot of great insights in this one. I took a, took away a number of notes with things that I'm going to start implementing in our own companies. So I hope you enjoy today's episode of Pass the Secret Sauce with Grant Botma. Wow, depends on the the time of my childhood. I would say when it first started, I'm in the middle of seven kids. Wow, and we always had Sunday dinner or lunch, a kind of a tradition. It was a really big lunch after church. We'd, we'd come home. I grew up on a farm and had like the typical mashed potatoes and gravy and, you know, all the things on, on Sundays for lunch. Sunday evenings, though, because we had such a big lunch, dinner table was a beach blanket or beach towels put on the floor in the living room as we watched whatever ABC or CBS or NBC Sunday night movie was going on. So it was yeah, great. Right? Remember Disney, they had a name for yeah. it, Disney night or Disney on Sunday night or something like that. I remember those days. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And then when they took Disney away, then they like graduated to James Bond movies on Sundays or something yeah. like that. I remember that for a period of time. So yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. So seven, seven kids. Huh? What, what is it like growing up in a house with that many you know, that many different, I guess, focuses, you know, right? I mean, mom and dad have to drive everybody around. Did you guys, were you guys like crazy all over the place? Or were you guys more, not not so much into sports or anything like that? Yeah, we were into sports, but, you know, my parents divorced when I was just before I got into junior high. And I was actually in the hospital for, you know, in and out of the hospital for about a year before that. So it's like two stages of my life, like the family yeah. time when I was much younger. And then after that, which was, which was a little different. So was there craziness? Yeah, totally. And we're all people and we've all made mistakes, but it was a blast, man. I, I, I loved growing up with a big family. You learn a ton. I, I was yeah. not that kid who was like weirded out by roommates and stuff when I got to college, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it was, it was great. And we did sports, but back then there was no like clubs or anything that were like super important. I mean, we just, you know, put a basketball hoop on the side of the barn, you know, yeah. or put it up against a palm tree or something. And very that's, cool. that very was our cool. sports. So it was what, a good what time. Did, what did you guys farm? Was it, uh, it was farm a or? dairy farm, dairy oh, farm. Cool. Yep. So most of the milk that my family produced went to like butter and cheeses and stuff like that. Cool. So you grew up around entrepreneurialism. Was it, I, I assume it was your family's farm, right? So Correct. You grew up around entrepreneurialism and, you know, that, that probably gave you your foundation for you know, wanting to get into business on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat. My father owned the dairy and then my grandfather on my mother's side also owned a dairy farm. And then my grandfather on my father's side, he owned a mortuary. So business ownership wasn't like a weird or novel thing to me. It wasn't like a, something that was scary, scary to jump into because- mm -hmm. It was just a thing. That's what you do. You can own a business. That's an option, yeah. right? And I kind of grew up with some arrogance where I thought I knew everything. So working for somebody else rather than doing it my way seemed a little bit more uh, fun and, and attractive to me. Exactly. So I was just going to say we have one thing in common. We have two things in common. I, I, I completely agree with that. That uh, last analogy there, I don't, I don't like taking direction from other people either. It's, uh, it's difficult for me. But my grandfather actually started a funeral home, so we kind of oh, have cool. the, uh, yeah, we have the, that, that business, family business, sort of in common together. So, so you mentioned you went to college. Did you start your first company? You know, while you're in college, out of college, how did that, how did it all transpire? 
it's funny that there was a, a class in college called entrepreneurship. And as part of that, we had to create a business plan. And when I was in the process of creating that business plan, I just created one for fun and almost as a joke. But during that process, it really got my mind thinking about starting my own business. And at the same time, I was kind of going through like an awakening or, or an understanding of just some issues that I saw in, in my community. Those issues were, were finances. And I was just seeing all kinds of different things. I was working for a mortgage company at the time. And, and a lot of the sales folks that worked for the mortgage company were putting individuals into really poor mortgages just so they could qualify for, you know, that trip to Cancun or yeah, yeah. get that extra accolade. Or, and they were not doing what was best for the consumer. And, and then within a year, sometimes you would see that that family then would be in some financial issues. Yeah. And I was just yeah. watching this happen and I just hated it. It made my stomach churn actually. And um, some people I, I knew were also having issues, whether with their retirement account, because, you know, the, the tech crash and everything like that. And then some other people I knew had some issues with their insurance. They didn't have the right auto insurance. They got in an accident and it was their fault. It was an accident. Right. Mm -hmm. But because they weren't properly covered, it just demolished them financially. And, and so bad, like they couldn't get the proper health coverage care stuff that they needed uh, as a part of that accident. And now, you know, my friend's wife is like living with this disability because they didn't get, it was just terrible stuff. I was watching. I'm like, I, I got to do something about this. Yeah. And um, so combine that entrepreneurship class with discovering like how to put together and create a business and how easy that was to, you know, seeing all these needs and, and, and this kind of passion that, I, that I had or almost hatred within me that I wanted to try and fix. Yeah. That's what started it all. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that you created the business plan. Did you use the business plan for anything or was it, because I, I think that that's one of the stumbling blocks that a lot of people, you know, can't get past is I need a business plan. I need a business plan. Is it good enough? Did you use your business plan? Did it turn into anything or? No, oh, no, I never yeah. made a business plan for yeah. Yeah, the companies right. that I own now, but the business plan process helped me think through some things and kind of just create a list of notes that I thought, oh, I got to want to do this. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, so that was what was more helpful than anything else. Yeah, so it's kind of like a brainstorming exercise. If you really? Know. Yeah. So. It, it helped me understand what questions maybe I could or should ask to ensure that, you know, I'm, I'm starting out this business maybe the right way. Yeah. Yeah. What did you explain a little bit about your business and what you guys do? I mean, you kind of touched on it, but, but go yeah. Ahead. So our company name is called Stewardship and that actually is a group of four different companies, Stewardship Mortgage, Stewardship Insurance, Stewardship Planning and Stewardship Financial. And what we like to communicate to our community is we are home loan insurance and investment advisors that serve you with wisdom and love. And uh, we basically help people with their money. Mm -hmm. And we're not here to say that we're the only ones, you know, knights on a white horse, saving the world, doing it the exact right way. Uh, there are definitely some other companies out there who do it right as well, but we're excited about uh, some of the unique ways uh, that we serve our community uh, in their finances. Very cool. And which one of those was first, or did you start all of them all at the same time? Yeah, the, all of the companies and more actually were part of the initial like idea okay. and some of those notes we recently talked about. Uh, but the first company was the mortgage brokerage. And the reason why that was first is because I started actually working in the mortgage industry basically right when I turned 19. Mm -hmm. And as I was going through college, I was still in the mortgage industry. And before that, I was working 
and credit cards, credit card debt collector. So I was very familiar with, with debt and very familiar with mortgages. So that was the, the lowest barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you've done a great job of you know, sort of dovetailing your, your businesses together. So would you ever spin off into something like completely different that wasn't that you didn't necessarily have a background in or something that you know, didn't touch one of those industries or have you done that already? Yeah, totally. I've, I've actually recently did that within the last several years. We've been fortunate enough to win some awards. And when that happens, people ask you to speak at different events and whatnot. And that was that was happening for a while. And my kind of calendar was filling up and, and my ass- assistant was like, hey, you can't travel this much anymore. We're having a hard yeah. time getting some things done. But I didn't want to stop because I just I really enjoyed sharing how we've had some of our success and helping other people do that. And then she said, well, have you ever heard of making an online course? And I'm like, what's that? So then I got into the online course creation world. And now I have an online course that teaches people how to create an awesome workplace culture, how to hire, how to fire, how to keep people accountable. Because that's basically the key to our success was, is our team. Yeah. And that's what I would speak on primarily. And from there, it turned into a, somebody who worked at a publisher, took the course, and then they asked me to write a book. I was like, no, I never want to write a book. And like, no, you don't understand. You need to write a book. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then I wrote, so now I, I, I wrote that book and I'm in the process of writing my second book. So that's like a whole nother business thing that I, I never really thought of or yeah. had any experience in, but jumped in. And, and the biggest reason why Matt is because there was a need. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the heart of every business is, is you find a need and you fill it. Yeah. And if you can do that with, with genuine selflessness, where you're going to put somebody else's needs ahead of your own, you'll be just fine. Yeah, no, that's, uh, those are really, really impactful words. And again, I think a lot of people get into business because they, they, you know, see dollar signs or potential there and, you know, they, they do it for the wrong reasons. We, we, we basically have the same type of philosophy as well. What are some of the things that you have, have learned, you know, in that hiring, hiring process and building that culture? Like, I, I'll just tell you a, a quick little story. We actually are in the process of trying to hire a, uh, an office manager. And, and I had someone in here last week who, you know, seemed to do a great job or, or seemingly on paper was going to do a great job. But right away, I started seeing these, these things that where he, we would give him a task and I'm very out, focused on outcomes. Right. So I said, this is, this is what we want to achieve. And he would make a phone call and say, okay, well, they wanted this, this, and this, sorry, I couldn't be more help. You know, he just kind of threw up his hands and, and, you know, basically gave up. So I, you know, I realized, okay, well, he's not, he's not the right person for us because you know, we want to be able to, again, focus on outcomes. So what are some of the, 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 I guess the screening processes or the techniques or, or how do you uncover, you know, who would be a right fit for you, you know, in whatever organization it is that you're looking for? What are, what are some of those things that you've learned over the years? Yeah, I actually just got done hiring five people for my team. And I can walk you through the process that I, that I did with that. But before doing so, it's important to understand the primary focus when hiring. Uh, you need to hire character first. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I mean, I work in finances and it's a big deal, right? You would think I need to get licensed people or people that have uh, experience in doing this. The truth is, Matt, you, you could teach a monkey to do insurance. Like yeah. it's not that big of a deal. There's all kinds of different courses and classes and people out there that, that can even teach how, how to do insurance. And I could send my folks to that, but I can't teach people how, how to love well. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I need that. I, I need people uh, on my team who are going to put people's 
needs ahead of their own over and over and over again. Yeah. So I, how, I think, how, how do you uncover that though? How do you, how do you learn if they're, they, they have that quality? Yeah. Very intentional processes as part of the, the hiring. So these five that I just hired are actually some very part-time executive assistants for people that are on my team. And what I brought them through for the little amount of hours and the little amount of pay that they're getting is, is probably almost unbelievable, <laughs> but uh, it was super duper helpful. Yeah. And the first, it starts by not putting out a job description and saying, Hey, I have a job. Come look at this job description. And then let yeah. me know. I actually do what's called a job announcement where I build one web page. And in this webpage, I don't talk about the pay. I don't talk about what I'm looking for from this individual. I talk about the character of my company stewardship. Virtus Technology is a custom business software solution provider. Are you tired of manual entry into an old system that creates more work than it helps? Does your company suffer from constant pain and frustration around its business processes? Do you spend a lot of time and money trying to hunt information down or figure out what is happening in your business? Virtus Technology can help solve all of this. We evaluate your current processes and then create custom software or mobile apps to automate and streamline your business process, eliminating a lot of those pains and frustrations. Unlike other systems, our goal is to digitize your current processes and systems so that your staff's learning curve is very small. If you're ready to take your business operations to the next level, give Virtus Technology a call today. Okay. And how we serve our customers and what types of character people they get to work with that they would be a part of this. But more importantly, I really hammer home this mission. I call it a unified purpose that my team is on. They get to be a part of something where they get to make the world a better place every day when they come into work and they it. get to do it with a bunch of other people. And that's really, really fun and super yeah. enjoyable. And I want to attract people who are excited about that. So that's what I first talk about. And then from there, should they be interested, they're required to do two things, email and send me a text message. Mm -hmm. And then I will send them a job description. Now, after that, I ask them to send uh, me their resume as part of that. And honestly, when I look at their resume, I make sure that there are some competencies there that I'm legally required to do. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, I'm social media stalking them. I'm trying yeah, to see yeah. what do they have on their feed? Is it a whole bunch of selfies? And is it all about them? Are they crazy oh, about politics? Are they crazy about what, what, what do they do yeah. online? What's their presence like? Because if you can show maturity in your social media feed, there's a very good chance you can social so maturity in other areas of your life. And what I really want to look for is other people who are tagging them in posts. Okay. You know, whether it be a, a local food bank or a church or someone else that says, hey, I loved having dinner with so-and-so. They're so great and loving and awesome. You know, I just want to see other people. I want yeah. to see if in their feed they have a habit of serving others. Because again, that's the heart of every business. You got to yeah. serve other people. Without it, you're not in business. Yeah. So, so I do that. And then after that, there's a, a, if I like what I see, I ask them to send me an email 
And in the, that email, there are five very intentional questions. Uh, one of them has to do with, did they look at the job description, which is pretty hefty and pretty detailed. So I'm asking some questions about the job description to see if they have the competency there. But I'm also asking about like lifestyle stuff. You see, Matt, when you hire people, one of the best ways that you can get somebody to produce for you on a high level over a long period of time is to get their family, to get the people that are in their home that they live with, to get their mm-hmm. friends to think that you're awesome as a boss and the job they have is awesome. Yeah. Because if you're, if the spouse of an employee is cheering them on when they're walking out the door to go work, they'll run through brick walls for you. Yeah. And I need to know if this job's going to be a great fit for their family. I want them to be excited about it. So I ask certain questions as it relates to that. And after the the question asking piece, I actually do a video response. And for this admin assistant one, I was looking for awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're behind the scenes folks, right? I don't need them to be, you know, really well spoken or anything else like that, or even comfortable in front of a camera. I'd almost say the more awkward, the better for that position. But you can get a a feel of somebody. And and I just use this free video software, useloom.com. Yeah. Yep. Ask them to record. Yeah. I just asked them to record a video. And and the question I'm asking is why do they think they would be a good fit for my company stewardship? Mm-hmm. And the answer I'm looking for is for them to talk about our unified purpose, our mission. Our mission is to yeah. love people through finances. That's why we exist. Love and I want to hear from them if they align with that and how they think they could help us love people better. And that's what I'm, I'm looking for in that video response. That and then after amazing. that, there's a couple other steps that are involved. Again, it gets pretty detailed, but I'm not a huge fan of like personality tests yeah. because you could have a really bad taco one day and, and, and your personality test might have one example. And then you could have like a really awesome, fun time with your spouse the night before. And then your personality test might show up even different. Right. So yeah. there's very, there's emotions that are involved. So I do what's called an emotional intelligence test. And there's a very, very, very good book out there that I strongly recommend called emotional intelligence 2.0. And I think every business owner needs to read this, but it, it helps discover if this person is aware of others and aware of themselves. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness, others' awareness. And it measures that, but not only measures that, but shows things that can be done to help get better in those areas. So those are, those are a few things I do during the hiring process. I kind of talked a lot about that, but yeah, that's a little bit about what I do. I love it. I love it. No, that's, that's incredibly powerful. And I, I, I have a couple of little nuggets that we're going to give a shot on some of the the hires that we're looking for right now here too. So have you guys gone through and done all of the core value work and your, we call it BHAG, but like some type of a mission statement, you you kind of mentioned your mission statement, I think a few minutes ago, have you gone through and done all of that? Yeah. When I first started the company, I did all of that. And then a couple of years later, I did it again. And and you do it through these like systems and processes that already exist, right? You could even have a coach walk you through that stuff Mm -hmm. and there was even a time where I went up to a cabin and, you know, locked myself away and wrote all these amazing things. And I got down from the mountain back to the, the office and, you know, had these $30 words on this wonderfully beautiful, you know, kind of mission statement that looked amazing on a plaque. But it was terrible because <laughs> it was so long and it wasn't rememberable. It didn't create emotion and, and it wasn't ideal. And that's yeah. actually something I talk about in my book a lot and in my course creating a mission statement, you don't need to go through one of these systems and processes that, you know, McDonald's or Starbucks or Disney or whatever goes through. What you really need to do is make it simple, Mm -hmm. make it memorable, 
and make it you. Yeah. Because if it's not yeah. you as the leader, everybody's going to see you right through that, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and and I think it it more importantly, it should tie to your mission in your own life. So so I believe I'm here on the planet to love others. That's why mm-hmm. I'm here, and that's what I talk about with my family, with my kids. It's our mission here. You talk to my kids right now that you could ask them, Hey, what's life about? They will say others. And then you say, what are we supposed to do with others? And they say love, like, that's what we just trained them to do. And then, so if my business, what am I going to do? Well, there's going to be love involved there. Cause that, mm-hmm. that word's kind of big to me. And, um, I like finances and we're good at that. And that's the service and the area that we do. So we love people through finances, creates yeah. emotion, stands out simple and everybody can remember it. So yeah, do, do, did I go through a process? Sure. But not like maybe some of these processes that you you would uh, you would think yeah obviously love you know you you've said is sort of core to your being and core to who you are how do you keep that going you know throughout the the employment process you know so how, how do you love on your employees day in day out yeah that's an excellent question right because that sounds super vague okay how do you love people to finances what's that like yeah. right and the number one thing that i have to do as the leader is making sure I love my team well, so that whenever they ask or they wonder or they think, well, how do I serve my customers? Oh, I I just do what Grant does to me. Mm -hmm. There's no like checklist. There's no like do this and it's good enough. When you love people well, you're constantly looking at their needs, putting their needs first and serving them however you can. And, And that's what we try to do. It, it, there's several different levels and several different layers of the, of the way that we do that. For my staff, pers- I, I hired somebody and I call her the executive of belonging. And she's, ex- <laughs> ex- ex- yeah, she's extremely skilled at uh, just looking at other people's needs and celebrating them and caring for them and loving them. And that's what she does. Her, her entire job is to listen to the heartbeat of all the people in the office. And she comes up with ideas and things that we can do mm-hmm. to, to serve them and care for them and everything else. This morning, in our, I'm looking at the Teams message right now. She wanted to, she sent me a chat in Microsoft Teams and said, hey, I think we need, it's time for like a, a kid's day at the office. I'm like, great, let's do it. She's like, yeah, we'll connect with the laser tag and bowling place and across the parking lot and whatnot. And it's just something that she thinks of. It's her job. It's, yeah. what, it's what she does. And, and for me, it's like, you know, Matt, I believe you probably have the best intention to be the most amazing boss ever, right? And, and I do too. I have great intentions to be that. But the best intentions, they require intentional actions. Yeah. If right. all I have is the intentions to be great a boss, that doesn't mean anything. So for me, the intentional action was hiring somebody who's, who's skilled at and gifted at doing all the things that I wanted to do mm-hmm. and then executing them. But even from a customer standpoint, making sure that we're loving people through finances every year, we evaluate the customer journey and we put ourselves in the customer's shoes and say, how can we make this better? How can we make this uh, more unique? How can we serve more of their needs? How could we make this more convenient? And, and, and we're doing this even if it's inconvenient for us and yeah. even if it maybe costs us a little bit more money because we have to genuinely put somebody else's needs ahead of our own some of the greatest acts of love have sacrifice. So, so we need to sacrifice every year as we're going through this process to create an engineer and even better customer journey. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that you use teams. I'm curious, how have you, have you used like what types of technology, how is technology incorporated into your company? You know, I don't know if you've built, you know, custom systems or custom processes or anything like that, but talk a little bit about, you know, some of the systems and tools that you use to, to run your company. In order for me to love people well, I need to be extremely efficient. 
Otherwise, the number of people that we can love is limited. So we use technology. We dive into efficiencies like crazy. I would say for our financial company, we're probably on the top tier of amount of technology and innovation uh, that we, we that we dive into, but we're only halfway to where I'd like to be, you know? Yeah. So, you know, if you just want some, I mean, we, we use uh, Office 365 stuff because it's a great price and it's yeah. a wonderful product. So, so we do that, but we have combined our CRM or our contact management system and our automations system. And we like using a system called active campaign. We used mm -hmm. to use Infusionsoft, but transitioned to active campaign several years ago. And I have a person on staff who just manages all of that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we have all kinds of different automations for things that are internal to make sure we're doing certain tasks or collecting the right amount of data throughout a transaction so that we know our clients better. If you're going to be a fiduciary, that's what legally yeah. we're called in the finance world. You have to know the client. So we're, we're really trying to know them well, but also external automations to send people birthday cards, to gifts, to emails, text messages, voicemail drops, social media campaigns, all that stuff can get, can get automated based on like, their place in the customer journey or where things are at in our society or in, in, in our lives. So, yeah. Love it. I love it. Who, who would you say is your main client? What, uh, what types of people would be your best, uh, you know, someone who you would be able to serve the best, would you say? Oh, we have gone through the ideal customer avatar yeah. uh, for sure. And uh, have you ever seen Parks and Rec, Matt? <laughs> yes. All right. So our ideal customer is Jerry. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why Jerry is our ideal customer is because he embodies the four character traits that I want to have at stewardship. So at stewardship, our, we love people through finances. So how do we do that? Our four character traits are we do it with humility. We do it with innovation. We do it with love, obviously, but we're going to do it with transparency as well. So those are four things that we require as we're working. And in an ideal world, we're connecting with and serving people who have those character traits. Because if they do, we're going to be able to serve them in a better way. And they're going to appreciate the way that we serve them even better. I don't care if the person that wants to work with us is 18 or 81. If they think the way that we want them to think and have those character traits, we'll work with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't niche down as far as that's concerned. So if you think about Parks and Rec, we're not going to work uh, really well with somebody like Ron Swanson because, you know, he walks through Lowe's and says, ah, can I help you, sir? I know more than you. And yeah. that's super humble, right? Yeah. Which means it's going to be hard to, to help him with that. And he's not super innovative. So it's going to be hard to uh, show him unique or great ways to make his personal finances better. Uh, Leslie Nope, she's not super trusting and she'll come to the meeting with a three ring binder of all the things, right? Yeah. That's yeah. going to be really tough. We want somebody who's going to uh, trust us with their finances so they can focus on the things that matter most to them, their career, uh, their, their family, their church, other areas of their life. And Jerry is also great because he does care about those things. He really cares about his family. Yeah. And, and he's so humble. Like he, the yeah. guy makes money and he does really well and he has a wonderfully beautiful family, but nobody knows it. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not out there flaunting it like crazy. So Jerry's our ideal customer. I, I love that you, I've never heard anybody do this before, but I love that you actually chose somebody that you can watch hours worth of his personality to be able to identify, you know, who that person is. So then you can, you can pick out people exactly like that rather than trying to, you know, 
it's uh, you know a 45 year old woman. She pushes her kids in shopping carts, and you know rather than going through all of that, you can't you can't identify with somebody like that. But you know you can absolutely identify with the character on a show. I've never heard anybody do that before, so I, I yeah, really it, I really it works like really well too. Every quarter we have meetings with different segments of the team, and especially with our sales, we call it our customer facing meeting every quarter. Mm -hmm. One of their favorite parts is which Parks and Rec clip am I going to pull out and talk about, right? So I'll pull <laughs> a clip out and I'll play it and everybody will laugh, have a good time. And then I'm going to teach our lesson and, and kind of base it around some of the things from that clip. Yeah. So having a, a TV show and a TV character to be our ideal customer has been a huge win for us. That is cool. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. You're, you're, you're stepping up my game here. I'm giving, <laughs> give me all kinds of good ideas. I love it. I love it. Uh, Grant, this has been fantastic. If people want to learn more about you or, or your, your, your products, your different businesses, what would be the best way to, to reach out and get in touch? I'm extremely active on social media. I'm posting every day on Instagram or on Twitter. My handle or names there is at Grant Botma. That's G-R-A-N-T-B-O-T-M-A, at Grant Botma. Uh, so you can watch my stories that I post every day or my what, what I put in my feed. I, I generally post almost every day. I'm, I'm very active in my direct messages so people can reach out to me there. Yeah, and if you're interested in, in, in my book, uh, you can just search my name on Amazon and you'll, you'll find the book there. It's called The Problem Isn't Their Paycheck, How to Attract Top Talent and Build a Thriving Company Culture. I love it. I love it. It's, that's uh, something that we're all, all obviously trying to accomplish. So I absolutely love that you're on this mission. Grant, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for the time. And uh, I know I'm going to be taking some of these nuggets away and implementing them into our businesses. So thank you. Yeah, happy to be on, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.